Hello. Hello. Welcome to College-ish Podcast. Yes, this is our first podcast. So, you know, we're just getting the hang of things. It might be not the best, but, you know, we're learning. <laughs> yeah, get, cut us some slack. It's our first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be too harsh in the reviews. We um, need the haters. Back for next week for a full in-depth, like, life story. Um, All about our Friendship. Friendship. Um, it'll be a good time next week, but, um, I'll let you introduce yourself first, Kelsey. Um, my name is Kelsey Kamen. I'm almost 20 years old. I'm going to be a junior at the University of, um, Urbana-Champaign, or University of (laughs) Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And yeah, I live in Chicago. Yes, and then I'm Elizabeth Williams. I'm 21. I'm going to be a senior at the University of Michigan, and I'm originally um, from New Jersey. So that's a little bit about us. Um, I guess to talk about the podcast, um, yeah, so we named this podcast College-ish because we want to talk about college, but we also want to talk about other um, topics beyond college. So it's basically Mm -hmm. college, but a little bit more. Um, so for our first episode, we wanted to talk about privilege and the Black Lives Matter movement because, you know, that's a really big topic right now and something that has really been affecting us and Mm -hmm. the way we feel about the world. And we want our podcast not to shy away from those hard topics, um, and really give viewpoints about, um, what college young female college students may be feeling we're not claiming to speak on behalf of all females so yeah just putting that out young people everyone Um, has their own opinion these are our personal opinions so Mm -hmm. yeah we stand with the black lives matter movement although we are not black and we will never understand um what black people have gone through we stand with them and we will support them and fight for them and speak up for them and do everything we can to fight with them and this podcast episode is our way of sharing our voice and um, speaking up for what we believe in and our personal beliefs about the situation yeah and we just want to give a quick disclaimer that although personally we do not believe that human rights issues such as the black lives matter movement should be political Mm -hmm. unfortunately today um it has become political and we both come from similar political viewpoints and if you don't agree with them that is totally fine Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's plenty of podcasts out there that you can find on your political viewpoints but we just want to say these are our personal viewpoints not a representation of our school or any other organizations that we are affiliated with again these are personal viewpoints and that's the great thing about america is everybody's allowed to have their viewpoint on politics so if you don't agree you can just go listen to another podcast right right yes we just want to give that disclaimer um so yeah I guess first um Kelsey if you want to introduce our first topic for the podcast yes um our first topic is social media activism and reading the room and we felt like this was an important thing to talk about because social media is such an important part of our lives as college students. 
I personally, I wake up every morning. The first thing I do is check Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. That's just part of my everyday routine. And as young people, social media um, is an important way to spread awareness and information. So it is a part of um, the activism that we've been doing. But, and there are upsides, there are downsides to it. And something that happened recently, um, actually yesterday, was Blackout Tuesday. And I saw some people who haven't really been speaking up about Black Lives Matter or really sharing any information. And then yesterday they posted a black square. And I just personally felt like this isn't enough. And it kind of takes away from the movement itself, which is so much greater than just posting a black square on your Instagram. And it also takes away from and clogs up the hashtags that people use to get information. So I, I just felt like, I don't know, I felt like people should be doing more. And so I spoke up about it on my Instagram account. I also wanted to talk about it on here because it was something that kind of, um, it was kind of just upsetting to me. I don't know. I totally agree um, with what you were talking about about Blackout Tuesday and people kind of doing the bare minimum Mm. and kind of using Blackout Tuesday as like their scapegoat to do the bare minimum. I'll be the first to admit I was one of those people that posted the Black Square because I think there was a lot of miscommunication about what the day was supposed to be Agreed. a lot of people will say were saying like oh it was to show your solidarity with the black community and then later the black squares were clogging the feed so I think it's okay to make mistakes you know yes. as you know we need to admit it and I deleted it and I think but the problem I had with the day was I posted it early in the morning and then people um like Kelsey, were educating people on their Instagram stories, so I deleted mine. But there were people who posted those black squares at, like, 8 p.m. at night. Right. Once it was, like, widely known that was not what the day was supposed to be at, be about, and I just feel like, and I know these people have not posted before about Black Lives Matter, and I don't think that's, I think that they were kind of just using that to save face, you know, and say right. maybe I support it. I know Kelsey, I've, you know, we've been friends for four years and Kelsey has been always an extremely um, active person on social media for social justice issues, even before this. And I, I will admit I have not, not that I don't support these movements. Mm-hmm. I just never really saw before now um the point of doing it because I felt like I had such a small following and, you know, I'm very active in politics. You know, I've, um, I volunteered and interned in the political world and I am an active person in politics. So I thought that was enough to just vote, but I guess now I realize like you need to be active on social media because, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, they're persuaded by social media to do the right thing. Right. I'm not one of those people. I have always voted and been active with petitions and donations behind the behind social media, but I think others need to be persuaded. So this kind of has changed my mindset about being more active on social media. I don't know, Kelsey, if you want to speak on why you have always been a very active person on social media when it comes to political issues. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just feel like 
I mean, most of the videos that I've seen of like the protests going on have been raw footage from real people who were at the protests, not edited at all, versus what people see on the news, which is edited and construed in a way to portray a specific viewpoint versus just the raw footage. So I feel like that's just a great example of how social media activism is more real and raw. And um, just from people who are who are out there and on the front lines and not just, you know, the edited news that is very political and um, biased. So, and I also feel like, although I do have a small following, I feel like everything helps. Even if I don't have a million followers, I'm not a celebrity, I could change, I could uh, influence someone even if it's just one or two people, that still makes a difference. So, and it's important to me and social media is important in my life. So that's an easy way for me to share my viewpoints. So that is why I choose to speak out on those things on social media. Even even though I think if you are signing petitions, if you are going to protest and not posting those things, I don't see a problem with that either. But I also think that social media can be a great way to spread awareness. So I think it's super important to keep that in mind through all of this. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think now my viewpoint has shifted a little bit. I feel like a lot of times people don't want to be too active on social media because um, they're afraid like people in their life that maybe have differing viewpoints or political viewpoints mm-hmm. will unfollow them. And honestly, I don't care if you unfollow me, like yeah. unfollow me yeah. if you don't support human rights. I don't honestly, I don't want you as a follower. Right. If I'm going to be honest, so right. you can unfollow me. Um, I find it very perplexing. A lot of these people that, you know, did the blackout Tuesday, but have never ever voted in their life I know this for a fact I knew I know a few friends that are very active on social media with blackout Tuesday but have never voted issue number one and number two people that support causes or politicians that are literally the opposite (laughs) of the movement they claim to be behind I find that perplexing personally and I think it's very interesting that social media can kind of make people feel like I have to save face and just post this so people don't think I'm racist, which we'll get into a little bit later about being anti-racist. But I want people to really, you know, don't judge someone based on just their social media postings. While those are great, really judge them on if their political activism past social media, because doing social media is the bare minimum, in my opinion. Right. Especially the black screen. I mean, I think that was a way for people who hadn't been in the conversation or hadn't been participating in Black Lives Movement until yesterday to be like, oh, look at me, I'm woke. Um, You know, it was a way for them to kind of rid some of their guilt for not participating. And I think that really does send the wrong message about what the whole movement is about I mean posting something on social media is one thing but are you donating are you signing petitions are you going to protest are you having conversations with people around you are you educating yourself I mean there's so many things that you can do besides posting a black square on social media and I think that's what ticked me off the most especially the fact that most of these things take 
30 seconds of your day to sign a petition, to send an email, to have a conversation, a difficult conversation. I think people just need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and having those difficult conversations. I definitely agree. And then let's talk about the other sector of social media. So we have the the first part, which is these people that are doing the bare minimum with the black screen to save face. Uh-huh. And then we have the other people posting about going to the beach. Right. On, they're on their boat. Um, read the room. St- <laughs> that's all we want to say is read the room. I just think... I've always had I've always had distaste in my mouth for people that like on your birthday when people post for you and then you repost every single one. Yep. Like I don't know who told you that people care <laughs> who wishes you a happy birthday. But I can promise you I don't care. I don't care. No, 100%. Um, but 100%. the fact some people are still posting about yes. their damn birthdays yes. and they're just reposting all their friends. It's like not that I don't want you to celebrate your birthday, I do, mm-hmm. but maybe read the room a little bit. And when it's Blackout Tuesday and everybody's posting in solidarity with the Black community, posting resources on their story, um, maybe don't repost every single one of your birthday posts. <laughs> I'm just a thought. And maybe don't like post everything about yourself. I just find it honestly so like concerning that these people can't read the room and understand what's going on in the world I don't know Kelsey if you feel the same but I just find it very concerning that they're so self-absorbed that they think that their social media followers care that much when there's something so much bigger happening in the world no I think I think it's very tone deaf I think it really shows the privilege that people have to not care about these things and that they can just go about their lives and post about their lives like nothing else like they're the only person in the world and nothing else is going on and I think that shows their privilege that they don't have to care. They don't have to speak up about these things. They don't have to participate because it doesn't affect them. And I no, think it's totally. very, it's very self-centered. I think we'll jump into our next topic, which is about being anti-racism or racist. Um, we put a very a quote that's been going around recently on our Instagram about it's just not enough to be not racist Mm -hmm. you have to be anti-racist and I think people you know for a long time they would say well I'm not racist right so you confront your friend or your family member or even your peer when they say something racist or they have a bias um so I guess the first thing we want to talk about is this different the differences between overt and covert racism so obviously a vote overt racism is like things that most I want to say most because not unfortunately not everyone agrees Mm -hmm. there are some terrible racist people out there Mm -hmm. but most people agree these are socially unacceptable you know lynching the n-word the kkk but then there's like these covert racism which is kind of more things that are more socially acceptable they slide more you know these are like microaggressions or implicit biases people might have such as like police brutality which is what the black lives matter movement is fighting against at this very moment you know maybe that it's it's a little harder for people to you know pinpoint that as being outwardly racist and i think that's important to know the difference um you know, microaggressions are, you know, these common daily um, 
things that are said that, you know, bring a negative connotation or message to a, a stigmatized group. And I think often people don't realize when they say them, but you need to call them out. Yes. You need to say what you said was wrong. Yeah. And I think people often don't realize their implicit biases or their unconscious thoughts about a specific group. Um, But we need to call them out. And I think that's really important. Um, Kelsey, I don't know if you have a particular moment or a few moments that you want to share, but, oh, I guess we should have put this disclaimer in but um in case you like don't know us personally but I am Asian and then Kelsey is white yeah so we're not trying to speak on behalf of like the black community or the black experience absolutely not like I we can't even say we know anywhere what it's like to be black in America we're just speaking on our experience with microaggressions and implicit biases and racism in America so that's just like all we wanted to say is like we're not trying to speak on behalf of the black community um we will let them speak for themselves right so I don't know Kelsey if you want to share a story of a time you or a few times that you encounter people with microaggressions or implicit biases I will say I actually, my freshman year of college, I went to a very white school. It was 80% white. Mm, And obviously I still follow some of those people on social media. And recently that school, they're, they're on the quarter system. So they haven't had their final exams or anything like that yet. And with everything going on, um, some of the students are trying to convince the school to make the grades um, pass fail and Mm -hmm. give other alternatives to final exams for black and POC students, because this is a really stressful and hard time for them. Yeah. And one of the um, people that I still follow from the school, they're white and they're male and they're of a higher socioeconomic class so they're they're probably the most privileged um, people in a group in America part of that group and he posted saying that he thought that this was actually racist and that (laughs) (laughs) and that you can't make this up yeah he said I'm white he said I'm a white student and I want a good GPA so I hope that this university laughs this off like I did and doesn't doesn't take this into consideration because this is racist and giving <laughs> and get yes I, I kid you not so obviously I unfollowed this kid right away yeah and I mean I was laughing earlier because I cannot believe how ludicrous that sounds that someone would say that and think that was okay and I think right. the thing we need to do is one unfollow those two people and two call them out say you know I don't agree this is not right I'll share a few personal experiences I have being Asian and then some that have been directed towards the black community as well that I've seen and a few that I've actually called people out on. Um, So I am adopted from China. So I grew up in a white family and, you know, I'm not always because I was adopted, you know, I don't speak Chinese. I don't. I'm not always in touch with my culture. And I've had microaggressions where white people tell me I'm not Asian. Um, wow. 
and they say, well, you're not really Asian because, and it's like, you can't erase somebody's race, first of all. And second of all, who are you to tell me that I'm not what I am? And, you know, that was a very common occurrence growing up is people would say to me, well, you're not really Asian or you're not this. As some of my friends be very, have very, what's the word? They're very unaware of what they're saying, even though they go to a prestigious school with a great education. I've had friends when they're applying to competitive programs at, um, at Michigan say, well, I probably won't get in because I'm not black from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, do they not know that that just sounds so mm-hmm. inappropriate? And you're yeah. basically discrediting all the work that a black person would put in to get into that program. Right. You're basically saying they only got in because they're black. It's very out of touch. It's just, and you, and that's what I want people to realize is there are microaggressions and implicit biases on in every place in this country it doesn't matter if you're in the most liberal or the most conservative it doesn't matter if you're at a prestigious university with educated people this happens everywhere and you need to call them out Mm -hmm. I'll admit when my friend said that I didn't call her out because you know I didn't want to make her feel uncomfortable but I have called out another I'm not going to call this girl my friend but a mutual acquaintance Um, a group of us were walking back from a party my sophomore year of college and there were two black men coming towards us um, wearing hoodies. And the girl said, wait, we should stop. This might be dangerous. Wow. And we really turned to the girl and I said, just because they're black doesn't mean they're dangerous. And she looked so uncomfortable. But you need to call people out when they say stuff like that because that is an implicit stereotype. I'm not blaming the girl. I don't think she's a racist. But this is what we what we mean when we say not racist versus anti-racism is you need to call those people out and say, that's not okay what you said. People need to hear this because yeah. I think a lot of times, especially in the bubble that we are in, where we both come from privilege people think well these people are educated they know better than to be racist but I think even educated people have these implicit biases and they say microaggressions and it's because they're ignorant and no one ever you know they didn't try to learn so I think people need to recognize that this is part of the problem and you need to recognize that and try to educate yourself to speak on the all lives matter and blue lives matter first of all a police officer, that's an occupation. That's something mm-hmm. you choose to do. You're knowingly doing that. White lives matter or all lives matter. Black lives matter isn't saying that all lives don't matter. It's saying that all lives can't matter until mm-hmm. black lives matter. And I think that's a super important thing to keep in mind through all of this is that it's not taking away from your hardships But it's also saying that the color of your skin never made your life harder. Mm -hmm. And I personally feel like people who are saying all lives matter are completely missing the point. Just completely missing the point. And I just, I, I, I want people to understand it better and what the movement actually means. Yeah, it is. Black Lives Matter is, you know, it's highlighting one group that is being oppressed in society. You know, I saw a really great analogy. You know, if one house was burning in your neighborhood, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. tell the police officers to care about all the houses. Although all the houses matter, 
that one house is on fire. Yes. And that's what the Black Lives Matter movement is about. Yes, of course, all lives matter in this country, but Black lives are being oppressed. They're being killed for being Black, and they are facing the discrimination. And I think that's what people need to recognize. I really question how people are more upset about looting and rioting than a Black man who was murdered in broad daylight. Right. How, like... It's really perplexing to me, and, you know, I really feel like it's unfortunate because the media is not covering the hundreds of peaceful protests that are happening. I went to one just a few days ago. There was no media coverage, not a single news camera there, and that that spoke for itself. It really did, because the fact that People are more worried about material items that can be replaced than human lives. It's just appalling and scary. I mean, it's terrifying the priorities that people have. Yeah, I've also heard some white people that, you know, they they say, well, I don't have white privilege because my family came here after slavery or I've heard white people say, well, my family is Irish and the Irish were oppressed when they first got here. And although, yes, that that is true. Both of those statements are true. In today's society, you are placed into the white group. Which means that because of your skin color, you will never be questioned. I read a really great article about how, you know, you'll never be questioned if you belong in a neighborhood, a white, privileged, or a rich neighborhood. You'll never be questioned when you walk into a store. No one will ever discount your successes based on your skin color. Right. And I think, although I don't want to, those people are not responsible for slavery, per se, or their ancestors weren't here when slavery happened. They are now placed in that white group in a society that is that is viewed with that is viewed in a positive light right. so i think that's important segregation is still a thing in chicago yes. and, and around the country yes around the country and i've noticed it i've grown up in chicago my entire life i can i see it i live in a white neighborhood um i went to school my elementary school was in was on the south side and it was in a um, majority black neighborhood and I can see the difference it's obvious and so the I just think it's so I mean people just don't understand how much power they have in society for their skin color because it's just their life they don't acknowledge it it's just been handed to them so they don't have to sit down and dissect it and unpack everything that they've been given just because of their skin color and I think that's what a lot of white people are missing Mm -hmm. and I wish that they would open their eyes and kind of wake up to the society that we live in and how much skin color really does play a role in privilege and the place that you the the uh, place that you hold in society and where you stand realize and this is my own privilege and ignorance but I didn't realize how segregated America was. I never really thought about that um, mm-hmm. until I went to college. 
And I met people that had never met a person that wasn't white. Like in their whole life. In their whole life. That's um, insane. Me, I, you know, I am trying to reflect about my life and the privileges that I've been given. And I think one of those is that, you know, because of my of the way I look, I never am afraid that a police officer is going to wrongly suspect that I'm a criminal and mm-hmm. kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, think I'm the suspect that they're looking for. Um, and that's all about privilege, and I we need to recognize that. Um, but I, it's it's these are hard conversations we need to have with our family members. So goes to show how a lot of people have been saying that the saluting and rioting has been creating a divide. There's already been a divide. Mm-hmm. There's always been a divide. This this isn't new. So, I mean, I've seen it. I went to a public school in Chicago, and we had a walkout for gun violence after the um. The shooting in Florida, I think it was two years ago. It was when I was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Parkland. And about half of the school, or I would say, no, I would say a quarter of the school chose not to walk out. And what they did is they had all of those kids go to the top floor of the school. We had seven stories in my high school. They had them all go to the gym, which was on the top floor of the school. And everyone else who was walking out would go to the lobby and exit the school. So there was a huge divide. There were students who were trying to get up the stairs and students trying to get down the stairs. And everyone was pushing each other and yelling at each other. And it was just, it was just a great example of how the divide was my last point I just wanted to say about the Black Lives Matter movement is you know kind of what we talked about before is this divide in this country has not you know it's not something that just happened right now it's been for many years probably our entire lifetimes but -hmm. it's very perplexing to me many white people that are coming out in recent days saying I never knew I had privilege (laughs) like I never recognized it Mm mm-hmm and I don't know if it's the environment they grew up in or anything like that, but I'm always perplexed um, by that because even in the small, the small experiences I've had in my life, being the only Asian in the room, I've felt what it feels like to be different than people, to not be part right. of the majority. Right. And I think any person that's in a minority group has felt that way once in their life. And it's very perplexing that people in the majority group, white people, don't recognize the privilege they have by being in that group. Um, and I, I'm always perplexed by that. And I think, you know, I'm happy that white people are willing to listen and learn. But what took them so long? It's my question. Like, right. Why did it take your entire 21 year life? To recognize you had privilege. There's been plenty of time. Is it because is it because they're only friends with white people? Is it because they're in organizations that are all white? Mm-hmm. Is it because they go to these schools that are still very segregated? Um, I don't know what it is, but it's very perplexing to me that a lot of white people have said that in recent days. Um, I just hope that people are willing to listen. Um, to the black community, learn from the black, 
black person's responsibility to yes. educate you. Yes. If they're 100%. willing if they're willing to speak about their experiences, listen. I think that's just what is so disheartening still is people say, I wanna learn, let me go to the one black person I know. It's like that's not how you learn. Like that's right. That's not the sentiment is there, but the way that they're going about that sentiment is totally wrong. And you know, I'm I'm curious to see if this movement continues to actually bring societal change or if it's just gonna fade away in a few weeks. But we have to, you know, we have to keep going. Um, and I really wanna tell people, um, I guess this goes into our conclusion about how to get involved. Everybody needs to vote. Mm-hmm. Elections matter. Mm-hmm. Every vote counts. Every vote counts. I mean, even in, you know, we need to really protect people's right to vote in this country. There are still voter suppression yes. of votes. And if you are if you are eligible to vote in America, meaning you are a U.S. citizen, and you are not registered to vote, what are you doing? Right. You could go to vote.org and register. And you people do have time because you just do. You're not busy every single second of the day. You have time. You can take time out of your day for important things like this. And I think it, that's where it really, really comes down to, like you said before, will this continue or will this just fade away? I think it depends on the actions that people take. Yeah, And that's why I was upset about the whole black square thing, because I felt like that was just, that's, that's not enough. That's not, you can't just post the black square and then forget about it and go on with your life. We actually need to take action, all of us. Yeah. So if you want to take action, you can donate. We've highlighted a few organizations, the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. Um, Black Lives Matter, the ACLU, you could sign some mm-hmm. petitions, um, raise mm-hmm. the degree petition, um, justice for Breonna Taylor pe- petition, you know, um, mm-hmm. horrific what happened to her and there's yeah. still no justice. Text Floyd um, to 55156. Go educate yourself. Um, I know there's tons of resources out there, whether they're documentaries on Netflix, podcasts, books. Um, main thing we want people to take away from this is if you are upset with what's happening in this country take action and do something about it you know don't just sit there do something people I mean I love I've seen I know I've talked a lot about people not doing their part but I've seen a lot of people doing their part and I think that's awesome I think we need to keep going uh we we should never give up until we have justice and until I mean, I don't know why ending racism is so controversial, but I really don't think we should give up on this fight. I think it's so incredibly important for our society and our future generations. And just think about when you're older and your kids read about this in history textbooks and they ask you what you did and you say nothing. How is that going to make you feel? How is that going to make your kids feel? So just keep that in mind. Keep doing things and it's not too late to join. Just hop on board and do your part this is something that everyone can be a part of everybody has a voice so keep fighting yeah I agree and you know we on our podcast although this is just the first episode we really are going to be diving into deep topics like this political topics uh, because uh, we think it's important for people to hear 
from a young person's perspective. If you have any topics that you want us to cover on politics, please like DM us. Um, we'd be happy to. And then come back next week um, to hear about more about, I guess, our life outside of like politics. Um, we promise not every episode's gonna be this heavy or anything you know we're gonna talk about a lot of other things you know from like dating to college like party stories um just fun things about college more lighthearted topics but we felt like we'd be doing a disservice to the black lives matter movement if we pretended it wasn't happening and it wasn't right it wasn't the biggest thing happening right now and since we are supporters of the movement um we didn't want to, you know, we were reading the room um, and we wanted to exactly. talk about it. So, yeah, um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media at College Ish Podcast to keep up with um, our podcast and everything. And make sure to rate us on um, iTunes Podcast. <laughs>